evening. Welcome back to another episode of the Shula Bowl podcast brought to you by Five Reasons Sports. As always, you can find the podcast on Twitter at the number Five Reasons Sports. You can find the podcast, uh, the excuse me, you can find the podcast page, podcast Twitter account. I always stumble with that one. Why? I don't know. At Shula Bowl Pod on Twitter. You can find uh, myself, Eric Henry on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore. And you can find my co-host tonight, it has been a while. He's making his triumphant return, his glorious return to the Shula Bowl airwaves, Mr. Jake Elman. You can find him on Twitter at Jake, J-A-K-E, Elman, E-L-M-A-N 97. Jake, first and foremost, man, how you doing? It's been a while since we've heard your voice. I'm good. I'm glad to be back. I'm healthy. I'm busy. Um, I was saying this before we started. You know, I'm grateful for both, and I'm happy to be back on. Absolutely, man. It's, it's it's good to have you back on. You know, we know you've been uh, doing your thing at sportscasting.com. I have that correct, right? Yep. Yeah, I've been doing your thing at sportscasting.com. But today, uh, Coach Willie Taggart over at FAU held a uh, – it wasn't a press. It was sort of a conference call, and that allowed you to veer back into your old beat, covering your alma mater, the FAU Owls. And um, let's go kind of let you take it away for a little bit. You know, we're – um, a couple of major tidbits that came out of it. So I was kind of let you open up to you and get your uh, your thoughts on what came out of the day's events. This is the first public comments we've heard from Willie Taggart, I believe, if my memory serves me correct, since signing day. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that. Uh, we got Taggart a few weeks after, well, a few weeks into quarantine. We got him on April 6th, which was just under a month after everything kind of shut down, after shutdown Wednesday, after all the kids got sent home. And that was, I don't know, maybe a little less than a 15-minute call. We got him for 30 minutes today. And it was mainly a talk about, you know, what the past couple weeks have been like. The veteran players, the returners came back on June 8th and newcomers, freshmen, uh, a couple transfers. They started cycling in late last week. Some guys got here on Friday. Other guys got here Saturday, Sunday, today. And another part of what Taggart spoke about was ongoing events, obviously George Floyd, protests, activism. And, you know, it was good to hear from Taggart. I think Taggart brings a very interesting perspective. Obviously, he's a black man with a black son with black children. And I'm not trying to beat around the bush when I say this. I'm white. A lot of the FAU media contingency is white. Lane Kiffin was white. So I think it would be obviously a much different perspective if Lane was here or if Charlie Partridge was still here, whatever. But to hear Tagger talking about the conversations he had with his son about protesting and about if Willie Sr. would be upset if Willie Jr., who's now a quarterback at FAU, would be upset if Willie Jr. went and protested. I thought it was a necessary conversation. It's a conversation I've been wanting Taggart to address. You know, I was somebody who I'll say it publicly for the first time privately. I was kind of wondering why, you know, when all these other coaches are coming out and speaking and issuing statements, why we really didn't hear from Taggart in late May, or early June, but Eric, we finally heard from him, and I think that everything he said and what he outlined as FAU's future in terms of activism and educating their players really said a lot. Jake, really quick, I, I just go ahead and educate me here for a second because I, and this is the first time you said that publicly, so maybe I, you know I can't jump in your head, but you and I talk about it off air privately. Um, I remember you were a little bit 
and I, I hope I'm not betraying your trust when I say this, you were a little bit critical of coaches coming out or, or not coming out in terms of a statement about COVID-19, not about um, the social issues. I mean, I think in your defense, that's a little fair, right? Yeah, it was both. I mean, and I think part of this is just my background with wanting statements, obviously being a beat reporter in the past. My feeling at first with COVID was I wanted FAU as a whole, you know, I wanted FIU to do the same, to just come out and say this was in March and early April, you know, what are the kids doing, all that stuff. And Butch Davis was doing that. He was doing the Zoom calls with the public. And I think A.J. Ricketts was moderating it. And then we got Taggart in early April, and that kind of held me over. And I was fine with that because are you really going to ask about the offensive line on April 6th when you don't know if the kids are even going to come back before August? You're not. It doesn't seem appropriate. And so I was fine with that. And then once we got into the coaches issuing statements on George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, police brutality – Maybe I'm wrong, and I've had this conversation with a few different people from all different backgrounds. Some have politely said I was wrong. Others have said that, you know, maybe I was onto something. I, not knowing what goes on in Taggart's head, I was wondering why we didn't hear from him after George Floyd and as the protests were starting. Not so much, and don't get me wrong, not to say don't protest or anything like that. Just as someone who is a black man, who has black children, who grows up in, who grew up and now lives in a part of America, not necessarily a part of America, but lives a life that I will never live, not because he's a football coach, but because of the color of his skin. And at the same time, I will say that some of the statements are empty. You know, we saw it with a lot of the baseball teams. Actually, Bill Bear of NBC Sports was putting together this chart. Somebody came, did you see this, Eric? Somebody came up with basically like a spreadsheet, almost like a bingo, where it was eight categories and it measured the strength of all of the statements. Like what was in the statement? Did they mention George Floyd by name? Did they mention police brutality slash Black Lives Matter? Did you see this? I can't remember if I sent this to you. I, I did not. So it was eight categories and, you know, a lot of the MLB teams, for example, getting like three out of eight, four out of eight, which isn't great. And I just wanted Taggart to say something about, you know, what is the team doing? You know, has the team discussed this? And we found out later that they did. They had a Zoom call. I think it was right before they got back to campus. And Taggart said today that it was one of the best meetings he's had as a football coach. You know, and then we found, I found out later from the FAU parent who tweeted me publicly, so this isn't betraying any confidence, that Taggart also spoke with the parents. And this was right before the kids got back to campus, and it was a very informative chat. So that, that's all I personally wanted. You know, and may, again, maybe I was wrong. I don't know. I just think that this was such a major event, and I thought it would have really been insightful if – Someone who has spoken out about activism, well, not, not so much activism, but has spoken out about current events in the past and isn't afraid to let his opinion known, to just say something about what was going on and what he thought. And it goes back to what happened today. 
Taggart said that his son came to him and said, if he, you know, would you be upset if I protest? And it was great that we got it today. It doesn't take away from us not hearing it a month ago. Don't get me wrong. I would have liked to hear something in the heat of the moment or right after when everybody was putting something out there. But maybe in hindsight, it was better that we waited because if Taggart said something, you know, that last week in May, before you register the kids to vote, before you start this real life Wednesday where they talk about civics, I don't know if it would have been as powerful. Here's what I'll say. And, and, you know, I won't veer too heavily into this topic because if we do so, you know, we'll be here for five hours. Um, I will say this as a black person, I'm going to make two points. One, and I can't speak for Willie Taggart, you know, cause I didn't cover him at Oregon. I didn't cover him at Florida state, but I know there's a certain point in which I can do all the talking in the world. It's a matter of, do you really want to hear me? Or do you just want me to say something? And I'm not, I don't literally mean you, Jake. I hope you know. No, no, I know. Yeah. So, so that, and the the second thing with that is um, there is a level of, of navigation that Willie Taggart has to um, deal with being the head coach in, 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 and I'm not saying it's to be politically correct. I'm just saying for and you brought up the the level of statements in terms of you know being empty versus not empty i'll give you an example i would much rather specifically a a, a black head coach but any coach in general take the time to truly craft something and whether that's for example tom herman made a statement and it took him a couple weeks but it said that you know the gist of a statement was i really need to dwell on it and think about it and understand and talk to my players and, and understand yeah, you know, I don't ever want them to feel like Texas is home because the fans cheer for them on Saturday, but they would never let them come into their their home and date their daughter on Sunday, you know? And I, I'm going to use, Jake, you weren't here for this, the last episode we talked about FIU defense coordinator Jeff Kopp. Um, Jeff and I have never talked about this subject, but Jeff gave a personal example. And I would much rather that personal example came a week, 10 days, 14 days after you know, some of the initial events. And I would rather have something like that, that is substantive and something that uh, such as the, um, the Wednesday deal that FAU is doing that's of substance than just saying something for the sake of saying something that that's just my personal uh, POV there. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I think that, I think part of why I felt that way, and this is kind of where I'll end it, is Twitter is such a mob mentality and very peer pressure which is why I took a little bit of a break from Twitter, and then just when I thought I was out, came back in, Godfather style, although I still have notifications off of my phone, but you know, you see all these Twitter accounts, and not a political thing, sports media is very liberal. I don't identify as a liberal. I'm, I'm both. Um, I think I think socially I'm a lot more liberal, but economically, financially, whatever, doesn't matter. Point being, you know, you see a lot of left-heavy accounts saying, you know, where is this team with a statement? Why haven't the Yankees issued a statement? The Red Sox statement is ridiculous. Uh, the Jets statement could have been better, and intentionally or not, you start, and me personally, I start getting those thoughts in my head like, you know, where is the Yankee statement? Where is FAU statement? So I, I don't know. I Like I said, I'm glad that Taggart waited in hindsight because what he said today, 
he said it in his normal tone. Like he didn't. If you go and listen to the video which FAU posted, he's not getting emotional about it. But it's one of those times where you can hear what he's saying and you know the tone beneath them, even if he's speaking at the same inflection. And I'm excited for FAU, and I've tweeted this a couple times in the past few days. Even if there is no season, or there's a truncated season, or there's a spring season, whatever, if FAU and this staff are taking these young men and turning them into young adults, taking kids and molding them into men who are going to have their own kids, then let them do the stuff like these uh, the real life, real world Wednesdays where they go over civics and they talk to people in the community like they spoke to Boca Mayor Scott Singer. Where you register the kids to vote and you tell them it's not about the party someone's under. It's not about Republican or Democrat or independent or socialist. It's about what they're fighting for and what you're fighting for. So, Jake, really quick, you know, as we uh, put a cap on that, kind of move to the rest of his comments. Uh, the other kind of elephant in the room, so to speak, obviously we're all dealing with right now is COVID-19, the coronavirus, and, you know, will there be a season, will there not be a season? But specifically in terms of Florida Atlantic, did Coach Taggart get into any of the specifics in terms of the process of bringing players back as they have already in terms of testing and things of that nature? He did. Um, you know, they brought – the returning players back, which include the early enrollees on June 8th, and everybody got tested through the first two weeks. There were no positive tests, which is awesome. Um, Taggart said that they're taking everybody's temperatures daily. Um, I don't think it was discussed it, what's happened with new players. I don't know if they were tested the day that they arrived. I don't know if they were tested today, hypothetically speaking, but you know, I would have to think that those tests will happen soon if they haven't happened already. And, you know, there's only so much that they can do because of NCAA rules. You know, Taggart can't watch them work out. They can't do actual practice. And I asked Taggart, you know, does he think it's possible that maybe the NCAA would give them, you know, a few days earlier to practice come late July if things improve because they didn't get a spring camp? And he said no. So, I think with FAU in terms of where they are, I think it's everything that has been public information, which is the guys have been back for a couple of weeks. Now the new guys are here. They haven't had a positive test. And, you know, the one thing that I'm a little worried about, and I don't know if you're worried about this too, not just with FIU, but in general, is making sure that guys are making the right decisions because we've seen it with LSU. We've seen it with Kansas State. Now we just saw it with the Pride, the MLS team, where right. – People were going out, they were going to bars, and I, I mean, you've gone to places in Boca and Delray and Lauderdale, you know, kids down here have options. I live right off Atlantic Avenue. I know the players go to the Ave, they could go to places in Boca or Deerfield, and I, you know, I asked Taggart, do you guys have a curfew? He said, no, and I don't know, this is, this is what he said, this is me, I don't know how you truly enforce players making the right decisions. It's not like the NBA with the bubble where you could say, oh, you know, you went out to the club, we're going to find you. Well, you can't find a college kid. You're not going to take a scholarship away. So naively, I'm hoping that most of the players, it won't be all, it's just how humans work, that most of the players either do the right thing and make sure other kids do the right thing out of a genuine behavior, you know, 
I don't want you to get sick. I don't want to get sick. Altruism or out of just don't have this up. Don't have this up for me. Don't have this up for everybody. Now, you want to go out and go to a bar? Think twice. Let's drink in the dorm and drink at somebody's apartment. Let's social distance. Let's play it safe. Well, Jake, you made a point there that I think is worth noting there, right? Because a lot of people are going to talk about can 18 to 23-year-olds be trusted in terms of making the right decisions? And even furthermore, to your point, even if they choose to make the right decisions, can you say, hey, can you prevent a kid from having his girlfriend over and you don't know where the girlfriend's been or such and such and such? But to back off of that for a second, let's not even you know specifically pin it down to college kids. Look at Ezekiel Elliott, and I'm not here to chastise him. He's a grown man. But right. he, from the reports that we heard, he made a decision to engage in a social activity and, and came back corona, um, positive for coronavirus. And you mentioned the Orlando Pride of the Women's Soccer League. You have a bunch of grown women who decided that, hey, they were going to go to a bar. And those pretty much everyone who listens to this podcast, even though I know we got a couple listeners who are, um, Jake, you don't know, there's a couple listeners who are Charlotte fans. Uh, shout out to my guy, Tintin, who always messages. So we got a couple listeners outside the Florida area. But for the most part, the majority of our listeners in Florida and they know that bars are operating at 50%. So they can go out and go to a bar. They went to a bar and, and some of them, you know, contracted coronavirus. So I think it's an interesting point you raise. And even in relation to FIU, um, I don't think the risk is any less or more so than any other college. What I do think is interesting is how they'll go about. And for the record, we haven't had a chance to talk to Butch Davis about this. I'm assuming we will in the near future, but how they'll go about trying to enforce this. Um, for those who may not be familiar, FIU is not necessarily in South Beach, despite um, <laughs> how hard my uh, my good friend David Drucker might try to, might try to place it on South Beach. It's uh, it's kind of off the beaten path in Sweetwater. And, um, you know, I only bring this up because Jake just made the point about the bars that are available in Boca Raton and Fort Lauderdale. Um, to be honest, <laughs> I think FAU maybe uh, may have uh, this. This isn't going to give me any fans with the FIU contingency, but I think FAU may have more of a bar scene uh, near the, the, the campus than FIU. So uh, how that will play a factor, who knows? But I say all that to say it's so many mitigating factors and variables that you can't control, at, even as a college football coach. You know. Well, that's why I'm concerned about season as a whole, not just in college, but with the NBA in the bubble. All it takes is one guy to not follow the rules of the bubble and you mess it up for a lot of people. And I don't know that COVID is going away. I don't want to make this political. I don't want to make this about Fauci or whatever, but this is the virus where nobody knows anything. And we have seen people who have played very safe, who have gotten sick. Now we have kids back on campus I think, like I said, I want to believe that the majority either have been told ad nauseum or are mature enough to know that this is serious and that not following the rules, not social distancing, not wearing a mask can lead to problems. And this is someone, I, listen, I'll be honest. I told this story on Twitter. Two weeks ago, I went into Dollar Tree. He said, you, didn't, you don't need to wear a mask. I don't like wearing the mask. So I had the mask on as basically a handkerchief. I went back a few days later, giant sign on the door. You got to wear a mask. So I put the mask on. I don't like wearing the mask, but I wear the mask because I don't want to get sick and I don't want to get somebody else sick. You know, I I went out uh, 
for my birthday. My dad and uh, his girlfriend. You know, I, we didn't wear a mask in there, but, you know, my birthday was June 6th. And that was, you know, a little over two weeks ago. A lot has changed in two weeks. If I went out to a bar tomorrow, would I wear a mask? Probably. I'd at least have it on as a handkerchief. So my point being, this is one of those things where control what you control. Control what you can control is an imperfect statement. But I think it works to a certain degree where we know at this point, everyone has been saying for months now, wear a mask, try to social distance. So try to do that. If the players do that, which they're doing in the Schmidt, they're doing, I was going to say they're doing it in class, but there's no classes right now in person. So I'm optimistic about that. I just hope that, you know, nobody gets sick. And if somebody does get sick, obviously you hope that they recover soon. Absolutely. I'll go ahead and second that really quick as someone who, you know, makes a living off of sports existing and Jake does as well. Uh, we, you know, it, Jake and I both in our 20s, we both celebrated birthdays during the month of June. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we've liked been a little more festive, but uh, we weren't able to due to the circumstances. But if we uh, if we all can sacrifice, I think the greater majority can. And uh, that'll be the end of my TED talk. But Jake, really quick, I want to sneak this in before we go ahead and shut this one down. I just want to take a quick look on the field because we haven't had a chance to talk much FAU in general over the past few months. And while I got you, I want to run this one by you. Um, a note came out today that Josue Barnwell is uh, entering the transfer portal. It actually coincides with an article I wrote in terms of previewing conference USA linebackers. I had the Owls ranked 10th. That was before the transfer of Josue Barnwell. We know that there was an update on Kiki Leroy as well today. Uh, so, Jake, I'll leave it up to you. Quick thoughts on Josue Barnwell's transfer as well as the uh, update on Kiki Leroy. First of all, the Jake Jinx spread to you by osmosis when I was on my little hiatus. You're jinxing players, Eric. If they need <laughs> No, exactly. Um, you know, this is um, something that surprised me, but also didn't surprise me because Jose Barnwell, not betraying any confidences, he publicly endorsed Glenn Spencer for head coach multiple times. And, you know, there were some rumblings I had heard that maybe he would consider leaving as a grad transfer before the shutdown of the pandemic. And then I heard about a month ago, a few weeks ago, that Jose was coming back officially. He was all in for the season. And then yesterday, and today, within the past 24, 30 hours, we learned that he is in the portal. Obviously, that doesn't mean he's leaving, but we'll see what happens there. It's a blow to FAU. They did get Evan Thompson from Florida Tech, who will be a grad transfer. He'll help. Um, I think that he'll play on inside, but losing Jose Barnwell potentially, and I don't know if we'll see Kiki Leroy again. You know, Taggart said there's no word on him. I thought Kiki had a great case for defensive player of the year last year. I think it went to D'Angelo Malone. And after the USM game for FAU, I said Kiki deserved it partly because they won the division, but whatever, you know, it is what it is. So if there's a season, um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Thankfully, if you're FAU, you know, Lane Kiffin added a bunch of linebackers in his final recruiting class. Um, He brought in Eddie Williams, from Miami Palmetto, who played last year. He scored the punt return touch or the block punt touchdown in the championship game. And Terrius Moultrie, who was probably going to play outside. He was uh, he was on the second team before um, 
Now he tore his ACL in mid-August, so you know maybe he'll play. I mentioned Devin Thompson, and you know maybe a walk-on comes out of nowhere and impresses it. In a normal year, we would be saying the linebacker uh, mix-ups and whoever's going to earn playing time is an interesting story. And you know now it's like. If the season starts on time, if camp starts on time on August 5th, it's like, I don't even know if I would put linebacker in my top five stories because the <laughs> other five, the first five, will have to do with coronavirus. No, yeah, you're 100% correct. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't even, at this point, you know, position battles. I mean, FIU has a quarterback battle, and I don't even think I'd put that in my top five as well if that were the scenario. And really quick, um, I'm glad that you mentioned that uh, that it was actually on the record as far as Oh, sorry, Barnwell, because I I had actually heard from a couple sources that uh, it wouldn't be surprising if he ends up at South Florida, given the Glenn Spencer tie there and the need for linebacker there. But um, with that being said, you know, it is uh, great to hear your voice, Mr. Elman. Before we uh, close up, uh, anything else you want to get in? You know, because we uh, you still for those who have asked, we've had plenty of people DM you still be contributing to the podcast. You are still a, a beloved member of the Five Reasons Sports family. Anything else you want to you want to talk about before we uh, go ahead and shut it down? Hey guys, just try to stay safe. This is the silent killer. Unfortunately, there's a lot we don't know about this virus. We do know certain things. And I know, especially if you're close to my age, you know, 20s, teenagers, late millennials, you know, you want to go out. I totally get it. Just be smart because it may not be you that gets sick. Maybe somebody else, somebody autoimmune, somebody older. This is something that we're all going to have to work together with. It's been a trying three months. I'm lucky. I haven't gotten sick. My parents haven't gotten sick. I, my dad's aunt passed away from COVID uh, at the end of March. But, you know, there's a lot of people suffering in this country. So we got all over the world. So let's try to work together. We'll try to bring you whatever FAU and FIU content we can because, the end of the day, everybody needs something to put a smile on their face. For some people, it's movies. For some people, it's video games. For other people, tortured people, it's FAU and FIU. <laughs> For tortured people, yeah, exactly. But no, but no, Jake, I, I wanna I wanna second that. You know, we've gotten a lot of nice compliments. Uh shout out to my guy Steve C.O.G. Um uh, Steve, if I mispronounce your name, go ahead and DM me because even I've heard five different pronunciations, and even James Morgan, I, I think JMO said it was COC. So, um, but he's the uh, offensive line coach of Bryan University, former GA at FIU. He shot out the podcast. So, in any way, if we can be entertainment to you guys during this trying time, please, um, you know, let us know. Feedback is always welcome. As always, you can find us at Five Reasons Sports, the number Five Reasons Sports on. Twitter, you can find the podcast at Shulable Pod. That is the podcast Twitter page. Find Jake at Jake Elman 97. Find me at Eric C. Henry underscore. You can find the podcast at shulable.podbean.com. Please leave a review. Thank you for listening. Practice safe social distancing, and we will get through this together. Thank you, everyone, and we'll catch you next time. Stay safe, guys.